think knowledge and understanding is the key to, to freedom and to a happy, healthy life. And we've been able to feel the just the benefits of doing this. And so we've almost become addicted to it. Like we just, anytime we can grow, whether it's going and doing a few days in on-site or even having our guys groups, our girls groups, just any kind of opportunity to grow personally has been just like, almost like a drug for us. We just, we just really do love it. Welcome to the Living Centered Podcast, where we enter into honest conversations about pursuing a more centered life, rediscovering, reclaiming, and rooting in to who we truly are. I'm your host, Miles Edcox. And I'm your host, Lindsay Nobles. Some of the most thriving relationships I've ever witnessed exist between people committed to doing their own personal work. When we work on ourselves, we show up better for every relationship in our lives, especially for the people who matter most to us. This week's guests are committed to doing individual and collective work in order to make themselves and their relationships the healthiest they can be. I am excited to introduce you to our guests, Tyler and Haley Hubbard. Haley is the co-founder of the podcast and brand Meaningful Life as well as the nonprofit Feeding Nashville that is currently feeding anyone that needs a warm meal five days a week. It's pretty incredible. Tyler is one half of the multiple award-winning duo Florida Georgia Line. FGL, as you know, has had unprecedented success, and Tyler, in his own right, is one of the most decorated and awarded songwriters. He's one of the hottest songwriters on the planet right now. These are some of my favorite people. They are quite dynamic um, as a duo, and they're some of my dearest friends. And because of that, I did take the liberty to lean in with them a little bit more than I might have with normal guests. And we talked about some of the, obviously, the things that are going really well, and a lot is going well for these two. We also talked about the struggle, because that's what we do. Uh, We wanted to mirror the way we do life together and the way our friendship thrives, is talking about what's hard and talking about what's going really well. While we share a lot about their emotional wellness journeys and how they've impacted their marriage, this conversation is not just for people in relationships, because I think it gives an opportunity for everyone to be inspired by their candor and commitment to growth. This was another conversation that we recorded over a year ago. And due to the the challenges of the last year, we're just now getting an opportunity to release it. And I am excited because Tyler and Haley are outspoken. They're unapologetic, authentic people that we're just grateful that they're committed to using their influence to share what they've gained and inspire other people to do the same. Welcome, Tyler and Haley. I guess I'll start with both of you as as a couple, and then we'll get to some individual stuff. But I know you move really fast, uh, and life is uh, on a pretty quick pace and trajectory right now. But how do you value and keep in perspective what matters most? Because I've noticed, and a lot of people notice, and you're not scared to talk about it, either of you, that you put your marriage first. And I also know, because I try to do the same, and it is not easy, uh, particularly when life does what life does. But talk to me about that a little bit. Hmm. I think someone told me once, if you put God first, then your marriage, and then your kids, like you're good. And I've just always thought about that. It just 
very simply, you know, if we put God first, that's really our foundation for our marriage and for our, our entire life. And that's what keeps us grounded. And before a crazy day, I mean, if we can just sit down for five, 10 minutes and read a devotional and I don't know, just have that quiet time with God, I think the rest of the day just seems a lot easier to handle, I guess. And and then of course, marriage comes next and that's obviously very important to us. And you know, it can, you can forget that in the craziness of life. And sometimes I'm like on my phone and like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? My husband's right next to me and I'm not even talking to him. And so. Yeah, for real. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of, um, I don't know, having those daily reminders of. I think that. for us too, it also, you can feel when your balance is off. So if we're putting our kids before us or if we're putting us before God or or whatever or ourselves before any of it, it doesn't take too long for us to feel the effects of that. So there's literally been conversations. I mean, I specifically remember one a couple of years ago where I was trying to just process why I was feeling a little funny and funky and I was talking to Haley about it and 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 it just hit me like a brick like a ton of bricks. Well, I hadn't spent, been spending time with the Lord in the morning. And mm-hmm. and I know that that's where my joy comes from. I mean, not only is that biblical, but I've experienced that before. And how do I expect to get through all the crazy stuff in life and maintain joy if I'm not getting filled up in the morning? So Haley kind of helped me. <laughs> She's like, well, you, you know, you do a few things religiously. You work out religiously. You do this, you do that. But you don't, you know, that's not a priority for either one of us right now in the morning. So that was like, wow, you, you're really right. Like, that is true. So then I just decided, um, we both kind of decided just to start waking up 20, 30 minutes earlier and just going ahead and putting that first and just making it a priority. And ever since then, I just specifically f- remember feeling like, wow, okay, now everything's it's balanced. It's well balanced. It's in line and everything, like, like Haley said, after that kind of runs smoother and our headspace is in the right place. And, uh, you know, we're kind of prepared to, to take on whatever comes our way. So, so yeah, it doesn't take us long to feel it when we're off balance, for sure. So I think that's a great preventative way, just a daily ritual or routine. So mm-hmm. smart on your part. Um, is it hard sometimes when, um, when you see, for instance, Tyler uh, in a spot where he's wanting more of something or you may perceive he needs more of something, whether it be patience or anything, and... How do you lean in and intervene on that? Do you find that easy and he's receptive? Or, or I know that can be a challenge for me sometimes when I'm wanting to experience some change uh, and I want to be supportive, uh, but often trying to figure out the timing and the nuance of how do you say that, be firm and direct, but also... Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. That is hard. And I will say that after going to onsite, I feel like we've both been a lot more open to hearing each other and really making the time for that conversation. If someone says, Hey, I really, can we talk about something? And we really create that space around it to talk about it. And I've noticed that I'm more willing to listen. And I've also felt that Tyler's a lot more willing to listen to me and, and just, I don't know, just having the language around that to help us guide that because I mean, oftentimes that's what gets so misconstrued is our language and I could say the wrong word and he could take it the wrong way. And, and so just getting that language to 
I don't know, to understand each other better. It was really helpful, but. Is that, so that's the cue for you is, can we talk? Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes she don't ask. Just goes just for goes it. right into it, which is good. Cause I don't, I don't so much. I feel like I'm about to get in trouble if she says, can we talk? Yeah. A that can be time. stressful. Yeah. But, uh, I will say. I usually preface it. It's like, Hey, this is, I don't want you to fix anything. Yeah. That's always helpful for sure. Um, I just need to talk about something or, you know, I, I try and kind of set the tone for it. But she's really good at, she has a graceful way of, of addressing things. And, uh, Always. she knows that she knows my, like, you know, my buttons or whatever. And she knows that I'm a fixer and I want to always, I always take it upon myself to try to fix everything. And so she'll like, like she just said, it's really helpful to have her say, Hey, I don't need you to fix this. I just want to address it. Or I just had this epiphany or I just see this or whatever. And a lot of times for me as a husband and a man and probably just any any human, it never feels good if someone's kind of like not getting on to you, but maybe see something that could be adjusted or maybe, you know, maybe I hurt her feelings or I've, or I've dropped the ball or I've done something that I'm not proud of. Like when she ad- brings it up, it never feels good. But as opposed to uh, probably my old self would just get defensive and t- kind of take that route of like, justifying it or just, yeah, getting defensive. I feel like I'm getting better and we're both kind of working on just, uh, well, I'll just say for me, like, I just know she's usually, usually right. <laughs> Most of the time I'll say she's 95% of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I just, when it comes to you, it, when it comes yeah, to you yeah, and when it comes to most things in life, but, but just knowing that it comes out of a good place, I don't think it matters what age you are, but it does feel like I go back to my childhood of getting in trouble and just that feeling of, man, like I just let somebody down or I just disappointed myself or Haley or, you know, so it never feels good, but it's always constructive and it's always beneficial. And if I can just take it and then, and then learn, learn from it, as opposed to get defensive and potentially do what I used to do and probably just do it more, you know what I mean? Whatever, try to prove somebody wrong or something. But, uh, I don't know. It's been pretty, it's been a fun learning curve. Well, and I, I think when you do have an opportunity to, to spend untethered time practicing it. And so you hopefully you got some of that when you were out doing some work with us is I know that's a big part of it is how do you make this practical and take it away? And the only way to do it is really let's make it real time. So what is something he needs to work on? What is something she needs to work on? And then you practice with the tools with a third party who can kind of observe and gently intervene when you see people get hooked. But for people that that, um, but, but I also say even armed with the tools, I still, uh, and I think communication is key to uh, our marriage, but I still, I get hooked in the moment and I get defensive, just like what you said. Mm-hmm. And I think most people do as I've seen it. Uh, and I'm sure it happens to you all too, but let's say when that happens, how do you bounce back? Uh, is there something that you guys have found as a rhythm to be graceful with one another when you bump into each other's stuff? For me, it just takes a little bit of time you know, to kind of like let the emotions die down a little bit where I'm not speaking out of anger and maybe not anger towards her, but maybe angry towards myself or whatever, or shame or embarrassment. So usually, you know, whether it's just kind of falling asleep and waking up in the morning with a different perspective and knowing, yeah, Haley had a great point last night. Like, And then you circle back. Yeah. Yeah. Circle back or or maybe it's not overnight. Maybe it's just an hour or something of just kind of like letting it process a little bit and letting the emotions die down. And then, hey, I see where you're coming from. And I appreciate you telling me that and just being real with me. Because I think that's a, it's a scary thing to do from that perspective. 
you know, from the other side to be real with somebody and maybe address something that's not going to be easy to say or easy for them to hear. So, you know, I really do appreciate that. You know, there's not too many people in my life that, uh, that'll hit me with some honesty, that'll hit me with the truth and a lot of times stuff I need to hear. So, so I'm really grateful that I have that. And I always want her to be that person. So I try to not, you know, come back at her too hard or, or, you know, take it too offensively by any means or whatever. Yeah. And I think we both really do like to grow as much as it hurts to hear whatever it is that we're hearing. I think deep down after you take some time or after we take some time, it is nice to be like, okay, all right, this is, this is for the best. And it's a better person. Yeah. It's making us a better <laughs> person. But I, I do second that with having a little time and I always kind of like a safe person to talk to mm. just having that friend to vent a little bit too and, and have someone understand it, but know that when things come out sideways on my perspective, it makes me look within and say, okay, what's going on with me? Like what, what's going on here? And, and just really diving deep with that. Well, I think that's, it's valuable to hear that because it humanizes it in a way, because we, we know in our world that time alone doesn't heal stuck or emotional pain. Uh, but if you couple time with using tools and the ability to circle back and follow up, it can change everything. Mm -hmm. But time is valuable, particularly stepping back. I struggle with that a little bit because I love to solve problems. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. wired to do it and I want to do it right away. Mm -hmm. I don't like sitting on it. Vanessa's just the opposite. She wants to step away sometimes for multiple days before we circle back. And it's so hard for me to respect that part of her personality because I'm just like, well, what's wrong? Even if there's something, and that's a little bit of an imprint because we didn't, my family is, you know, it's amazing how we've evolved to deal with things today, but we didn't always have that. We had traditional imprint of growing up in the South and having the culture that we had. And we just didn't talk about a lot of problems. Totally. And so I always felt that there was something under the surface. And so my anxiety gets kicked up when I feel, when it feels like there's something there, we're not talking about how do we deal with it. And I've had to learn her personality type and her ability to process that she's okay holding that ambiguity and that tension and actually appreciates it because it gives her time to reflect in the moment. And I've had to learn to step back, but I certainly don't do it perfect. So I'm glad to hear you guys don't either. <laughs> I'm the same. I was raised the same way. And Haley's can attest to that. We didn't talk about problems. Mm. Everything, you know, for the most part, got swept under the rug or we just put a smile on our face and moved on and expected time to heal it. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily do that. And I think I'm wired to, to sort of do the same. I want to fix everything. I want to kind of do it quickly. I love to solve problems. I don't like to feel any animosity or, you know, resentment towards anybody, but especially your spouse. Right. So I just, uh, so I'm kind of like that, but at the same time, I do have to let those initial instincts of defensive and emotionally charged and, well, let me, you know, let me justify this or whatever, kind of die down for a minute before we can readdress things in a, in a level-headed type of way. You know what I mean? Did, uh, I know, uh, you sometimes can be more out front, uh, just with your profession, uh, has, has it been challenging to navigate having an equal voice? Has there been times historic? Cause I know Tyler can be a big personality and kind of a strong leader and you have a different way of leading, which is kind of, this is my perception, which is kind of a, this quiet strength. Have you ever felt your voice being suppressed by being, you know, in, in the marriage or just. Yeah. I mean, in life, yes. And especially just with the dynamic of, of his career, and it's an insecurity of mine as well, just because he is 
the he's in the profession that he's in, but I would say he does a pretty good job of lifting that up and, and encouraging me to speak. But I think I still go to that insecure place of, oh my gosh, I don't have a voice. And then sometimes it does just kind of get pushed down. And yeah, would would you agree from an outside perspective? Yeah, but I think I think you've uh, you've grown a lot in that area. I mean, totally. I think you you realize that people want to hear what you have to say. And I don't know, I think you've leaned into it well, to be honest. I'm probably pretty bad about just just speaking for the both of us and not even thinking about it. And just, you know, and even the other night, it was funny because she'll, she made a little comment. We were on our way home from church and I think I was telling a story or something or saying, I got to be in Vegas next week. So I'm not going to be here, whatever. And she's like, you know, you could remember to say we on the way home. We, you know, I wish you'd work on saying we, mm. which is something I've struggled with a lot of times. Cause I'll be just speaking from the heart, like not even thinking about it and realize, Oh yeah. Like, I'm in a partnership here. I'm in a marriage. I'm in a, you know, it is a we. And when that happens, do you, in the moment, do you receive it as graceful as you did now? Or do you kind of bat it back? No, I do now, especially little things like that, because I can see how that's obviously not a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Ironically, and this is a funny story now, and I'm sure I'm still guilty of it at times, but I remember when me and BK first started being a duo and being on stage together and playing shows, like one of our biggest struggles where he would get really frustrated with me was on stage with me saying, I want to see this or I, or I, you know, I need y'all to do this. And BK would be like, yo, it's we, bro. Like we're a duo. Mm. Like it's not just you up here. I'm like, that's always been a struggle, but, but to hear it the way that Haley and BK for that matter, kind of bring it up. It's, it's almost like I do take it, but it almost hurts my heart just to know that I hurt their feelings or I didn't come across as very thoughtful or whatever the case is. And I think after doing work, I realized that's probably how he would feel if I brought that up. And so I tried not to make it a big deal instead of, you know, at first when something hurts your feelings, your your initial reaction is like, Hey, why didn't you, why didn't you say we, but I had to process it and think about it. And I'm like, he's probably going to feel really bad when I tell him this. And so just trying to, to remember to tell him gently and cause he, which it's almost humorous how gently she will just kind of nudge something in there. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's you trying to, that's you telling me this, isn't it? And I was like, okay, like I'll process it and I'll work on it. But yeah, it's not feeling attacked, you know? Yeah. So that's good. Well, I, I, I think my experience is that you seem to choose your words uh, and timing well. And because uh, when you say something, you have, you have a lot to say, but you don't over, you don't waste words, which is really, it's an art form. It's hard to do. And so it may be for you feel like a challenge, uh, but, uh, or I think you said an insecurity around that, but ultimately I think it's in my profession, it's what we try to train people to do who are trying to listen well and communicate with mm-hmm. people is that you, they utilize less is more. They nuance words, they listen well, they find the right timing to come into things. And so it, I would perceive it as a, as a skilled communicator, uh, that I want to hear more from, which is why, as we've gotten to know you guys, I've, I've kind of been more like, Hey, would you be willing to, you know? And, um, so I, I think, I think it's common though. Uh, I think Vanessa feels the same way and that I'm very forward in my profession. Uh, and she, uh, gave up some of what she was doing, uh, in this season of life and therefore feels suppressed sometimes. And I, even though I feel just like I feel, Tyler, you honor that. I think I lift her up and honor her a lot. I sometimes want to know more from my perspective of how could I support hearing from you more? And so how could 
we support hearing from you more. I think even just what you said right there, um, thank you very much, by the way, but just encouraging, just encouraging to step up. And before we came to the podcast today, Tyler was like, you're going to do great, babe. Just those little encouraging words are really nice to hear and knowing that I can do that. Or like when you asked if we would speak at on-site or at the fundraiser, I remember naturally thinking, okay, that's just Tyler, right? And Tyler's like, no, or I think you said, no, I want you both to speak. And I don't know, it gives me a sense of ownership over it and knowing that I can do it too. And that it's not just Tyler, which is, is nice. Well, you, you said earlier that you both value growth and was it always that way uh, for, for you or is that something that's really come on board the last few years? I think it's, it's always been that way for me. I've always wanted to grow myself, but it's really just been in the last few years that I, I really actually have grown myself um, because I was a lot like you guys growing up and we didn't talk about a whole lot. We talked about things but not on a very deep level. And so I think these last few years have been really exciting to see the growth in both our marriage and me personally. And Sorry. I was just going to say, I think the stigma behind a lot of this personal work as we, we laugh about it, but like Haley's grandmother, for example, when we told her, well, we're going to onsite, which is a a therapeutic retreat, if you will, for us to work on our marriage. And she's like, well, why in the world would you need that? You just got married. Mm. And we're like, well, because we just got married. You know what I mean? It's more of a preventative and we want to grow and learn about ourselves and about each other and all these things to help it last forever as opposed to wait until, I don't know, you're about to get divorced or whatever. The, you know, the walls are falling in to go try to fix it. You know what I mean? So it's just been, uh, it's been a really, uh, I don't know what's happened in our culture to kind of break that, but I do feel like the walls are kind of getting broken down as far as the the persona that's behind self-work. And for us, it's just been a lot of fun because it it's, it's really freeing and it gives you the tools and resources and just I think knowledge and understanding is the key to, to freedom and to a happy, healthy life. And we've been able to feel the just the benefits yeah. of doing this. And so we've almost become addicted to it. Like we just, anytime we can grow, whether it's just listening to a sermon or whether it's going and doing a few days in on-site or even having our guys groups, or our girls groups, just any kind of opportunity to grow personally has been just like, almost like a drug for us. We just, we just really do love it. And, uh, you know, we we love it so much that we're always encouraging our friends to do it as well. Mm. We're probably annoying, to be honest, to most of our friends. <laughs> we have. Every, yeah, on-site we'll get brought up at every dinner party just about or some sort of self-work that we're doing just because we're excited, whether it's reading a book yeah. or, which I don't even read books. So it's crazy that now I'm, you know, read the book here and there and uh, just really, really enjoy trying to grow. And mm. it's just something that wasn't, I don't think, a big part of our childhood, you know? And our during our childhood, it was just, you grow physically and try to stay healthy and you grow spiritually and you try to go to, you go to church and you just try to mm. be a better person. And that's, that was it. You know what I mean? Which is pretty mm. unrealistic at the, in, at the end of the day. I mean, we obviously grow physically and spiritually as well, but I think diving into going to a counselor, if you will, <laughs> I think that mm. you, you say that word and a lot of people tense up, but man, it's just been, it's been really fun and really uh, eye opening, and it's been really cool for us. 
Well, I'm honestly, I'm glad to hear you say that because that's what I want people to hear who have had a hard time accessing uh, or that part of themselves that might want to grow and lean into the personal growth process, recovery process. It's counterculture and it's surprising when you say working, it's just that generation, when you tell them we need to work on something, that means something's wrong. And it's actually what's right with you mm-hmm. that you would spend time. And I, that's my hope. And I think you all do it well. You, you kind of get behind something that you see personally benefits you and then you share it. Uh, and I think that's how I've gotten to know both of your hearts is you're, you don't want to just sit on it. So not only will you share through your own personal story, but you invite other people into a community effort of growing emotionally and spiritually. That's what I kind of want people to take away is because people do, whether you all like it or not, put you on a pedestal because they pay attention to what both you do. You both have a lot of people, a lot of eyes on you and a lot of people follow you. And I love that you're forward thinking in terms of talking about your struggle and your process and your pursuit of growth in work. But what's a message that you would have for people who don't see that as obtainable, particularly if they don't have another partner that's engaged or interested in it? What would you, how would you encourage them? I would just say, I mean, even for us that are quote unquote addicted to something like therapy, and for me, it's still a little nerve wracking going into it, even knowing the benefits of what I'm going to get out of it. And even knowing how much I love it and how much I love growing with my spouse and my friends and how much it builds relationships. But every time before I go into any of the sessions, whether it's just a session with my counselor or going to onsite or anything, it's just that kind of initial, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to be vulnerable Hmm. feeling. And but really, I, I've been trying to switch that mentality of, okay, I get to be vulnerable. And so I guess I just want people to know that it's that's so natural and just to try it because mm. it's just the best thing that we could ever do for ourselves and our relationships and the community around us. I think that's poignant because you just shared something. I think a lot of people assume that once it starts becoming fun, and it does, that's what I want people to hear is it can be fun and inspiring, uh, but you still, it's human. So the idea that the rest of the world, uh, you know, revolves around this idea of keeping face and we're going to try to be counterculture and do something different that you still have a human reaction to it. It's like, whoop, here we go. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I still get a little sweaty every time we sit down and do any kind of therapy work, you know. It's just not, you know, we've done it quite a bit, but it's still a little uncomfortable at times. But it is really it is really fun just to feel the benefits of it, to see uh, the expertise of, you know, especially at onsite. But some of the obviously some of our other mentors and stuff is just uh, I don't know. It's fun to grow. It's fun to learn. And I don't think you necessarily have to have tons of resources or, you know, money or anything to kind of be vulnerable. And I think that, um, you know, what we've learned too over the last couple of years is, is we're created as humans. We're all created for connection. And I think the biggest, easiest way to connect with other humans is to be vulnerable and connect on your weaknesses as opposed to maybe even your strengths. I think it's, it's harder to connect on, on your strengths. You know, even if we share the same strengths, I think it's easier to connect when you, talk about your struggles and the things you're going through. And, and uh, the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more fun it gets and the more beneficial it gets. So just lean into that vulnerability. I think that's key. Hey friends, Mackenzie here. I hope you're enjoying this interview as much as I did. I was so encouraged to hear Tyler and Haley share about the intentional time and energy they commit to caring for themselves spiritually, physically, and emotionally. 
Because when we're honest, caring for ourselves is not always an easy task. When it comes to my emotional health, I found that carving out the time is one thing. But once I have time and space set aside, I'm not always sure where to start. That's why I love our 30 Days of Living Center digital course. This course provides a clear, practical, and actionable plan to care for our emotional health. The self-paced online program will help you establish the daily practices and rhythms needed to stay grounded, compassionate, self-aware, and resilient, no matter what life throws your way. When you sign up, you'll receive 30 days of video teachings, short reflections, and practices designed to put each day's topics into action. Plus, we've built in daily reminder emails to keep you accountable. And as a special treat for our podcast listeners, you can save 50% when you use the code PODCAST. Head to onsiteworkshops.com slash 30 days to learn more. Now, back to the interview. What is a current struggle? I know both of you are moving at a pretty quick pace. You've got two new kids, new families. So there's a lot going on. And, and I'm asking that in real time because we haven't had a chance to even talk about this. Normally, we would be doing dinners more, but our lives have just been going like this. Mm-hmm. But what would be something that you guys feel like is a struggle right now with the both of you? It could be individually or. I think for me right now in my life, my insecurity and my struggle really lies within it's, it's the mom guilt, the quote unquote mom guilt of, okay, I want to be there for my kids. I want to be there for my husband and I want to do what I'm passionate about. And so trying to balance those three things and and figure out what am I passionate about? What am I mm-hmm. going to do? And just the whole the whole guilt that comes with all of that. I guess the insecurity of wanting to be it in all places at once and I knowing that I can't is pretty mm. it can be defeating until I've been trying to really lift myself up and celebrate the little victories and encourage myself and even just looking at our kids and being like, Oh my gosh, they're a constant reminder of what we've accomplished, you know. Mm. We birthed them we were raising them and so well you, you like, birthed them well <laughs> you helped accomplish that. Yeah. <laughs> I think just reminding myself those little things mm. have helped but but yeah it's a daily struggle speaking and I, it's so real uh because i've experienced it and i don't know if it's worse by mom or dad but i feel moms uh because you have a lot of stereotypes to break mm-hmm. uh, around, ex- you know, support and help and community. And I know Vanessa has been through that too, of feeling really guilty and it's, um, it's unfortunate, but we've had some of our best moments uh, of connecting with our family on the backside of working through some of that stuff. Uh, when, when you're in that space of having mom guilt, which I, I, I can almost guarantee you every mom listening to that has experienced it. What about it? How, how do you get regrounded uh, when you kind of go down that that path? It's a good question. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess probably go back to my faith and pray about it. But I, whenever I start having those negative thoughts, I have to just bring myself back up. It's kind of that like negative self-talk. When I really start doing it, I'm like, oh, gosh, I have to stop this because this is going to be a downward spiral. So that's kind of just my sign to come back to reality and kind of tell myself something great that I've been doing. And Also, what you tell me, and I think is a really key to all that, is although there may be a little guilt that, that comes along with maybe having a, a you day or whatever, or I'm speaking to myself too, I feel like 
we're figuring out that that's critical in becoming the best parent that we can be for our kids when we are present and having a well-rounded, very balanced life. And we're really fortunate to have help, really good help that we trust. And so it, it creates opportunities for Haley to go have some girl time or some her time or some us time or a couple of days even we'll go on a trip and and we'll get away and we miss our kids like crazy but we come back really excited to see them excited mm-hmm. to spend good quality present time with them as opposed to not doing that and kind of being just mediocre with our presence around our kids or um, whatever the case is so I think pretty quickly when the guilt sets in you can kind of reframe that with that guilt is obviously just sort of a a stigma that we put on ourselves from our from whatever culture says you're supposed to do, or maybe our imprint as children, like, you know, as parents, you're supposed to always be around or always be there. And I don't really think that's the case. You know, I think it's healthy to let your kids have time without you and vice versa. So I think we just have to remind ourselves of that. And, and I think we do a pretty good job of it. I think Haley does, especially. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely agree with you with the um, getting away and having our own time. But I think, even nowadays you look on Instagram and you see quote unquote super mom or someone that looks like they're doing it all perfectly and they're cooking the meals and they're doing this. And you're like, how are they doing all of that? And so I think that's when I go on Instagram is probably when I have to be most mm-hmm. aware of it. And a lot of things, just not comparing ourselves to others and realizing that they have struggles too. Mm-hmm. We're just not seeing it. Just probably like people don't see everything we struggle with yeah. on our Instagram and I would say that's when I have to be more hyper aware of it. Hmm. I always feel really proud of Haley and the way that she just carries herself and so graceful and peaceful and, and humble. And, you know, she calls it insecurity. I don't know. I, sometimes I think it's just humility. I just think she's very humble. And sometimes I don't think she understands how much people look up to her and want to try to channel that energy. It's just positive And it's, it's a light and it's electric and it's just, uh, that's what I was, I mean, so attracted to her when I first met her. Yeah, it's just t- like, tell her that. Yeah. I was so attracted to you and just the way that you gave me a peace and calm and you were so calm, cool and collected. I mean, really. And, and a lot of people look up to that and a lot of people want more of that and they, and they want to be around you and they want to hear what you have to say. And, uh, so I hope you know that and feel that. Thank you. You're welcome. And an area of, if you follow us up, an area that uh, of growth that you feel would um, enrich this marriage that you wanna you wanna tell her about. Oh man, let me think. I don't know. I'm pretty perfect in this. Marriage. <laughs> uh, no, I'm far from that. Let's see. I think I could probably be more present. Obviously, you mentioned that, and I totally related to that. I mean, at times, we're sitting right beside each other, and and I'll be on my phone, or I'll be talking to somebody, or I'll be catching up on emails, um, or I'll be falling asleep because I'm so exhausted from doing that all day long. So, yeah, I think I could be more present and more alert at nighttime, specifically around bedtime. By the time you get to bed, I could still be awake. That'd probably be nice. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. And then if you'd be willing, something that you see in him that he might not know or you might not share a lot. Yeah, I probably don't say this enough, but um, I'm really proud of you for the way that you lead and the way that you 
stand up for your beliefs. I just think it's really inspiring. And I mean, I grew up obviously in Idaho and where it was not cool to talk about your faith or, you know, we just didn't do it. It was very private and you'd go to church, but that was it. And, and so just to see you talk about it openly and inspire people, you inspire me and it's just really cool to see. And I love that. And I was always attracted to that. I think that was definitely one of um, my attractions to you when we first met. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. And then something that if you'd be willing, something that you feel you could work on that would enrich the marriage. I would also have to say being present and being more intentional with my time and saying maybe designating a certain phone time and then just being totally present the rest of the night. And um, yeah, I'd probably have to second what you said. Cool. Maybe that's our goal. That's uh, it's mine too, by the way. And I hope it's a lot of people's, but I honestly, I just want, I want this stuff to be invitational in real time to see that this is not a therapy session. It's a conversation between friends. So now you guys tell me what you love about me. I'm kidding. No, don't do that. Um, but no, seriously, the fact that, uh, that, uh, if we could do that with one another, I think it could enrich our relationships and our, regardless of your relationship, be friendship, it could be colleague, it could be stranger. If you could identify an area that here's, here's something I want to work on to make this relationship better. And here's something I value in you. And typically we do that where we we lay out the bad and then wrap it up with a bow. And I like doing it in the reverse order where it's like, let's lay out what's really what I see in you. But then also don't be ashamed at all saying this is something I need to work on. Love that you both arrived on presence. What surprised you when you did the couple's work, particularly at onsite? What was, um, I don't know what you went into it expecting, but what what about that process spoke to you well, i think it was i was going to say this earlier when we were talking about just stepping into therapy or counseling and how the i don't know the personification of it is is not often true like literally i remember driving to on-site and me and her were both looking at each other we were perfectly happy everything felt great and we we're like but we just wanted to go experience the couple's intensive program and and see you know and just grow and learn together and we were driving there just thinking, what, when are we going to talk about? Like, we didn't know what we did. We didn't go with a basket full of issues that we needed to, to dive into. It was just, I wonder what we're going to talk about. And I think the most, I don't know, something I found really interesting at Onsite during that time together was just looking back at each other's childhood stories and our narrative and stuff that, you know, I think a lot of times specifically for me, it's it's easy to forget about a lot of that stuff. As an adult, you just sort of, I don't know if you mentally block a lot of the childhood stuff out or what. So having somebody kind of talk you through or do ex- experiences or, you know, I think we had to draw or, you know, draw out different years of our childhood and it kind of forces you to mentally go back and relive those days and, and stuff just kind of started to flood back in a little bit. And it was pretty cool. And I think for both of us, I didn't know a lot of stuff about Haley. I'd even like to go do it again. That was, I don't know, two or three years ago now. But it'd be fun to even go back and, and do that program again and just just get reacquainted with the, with each other's kind of inner child and who we who we were as a child and who we are still. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. It was so cool to see his inner child, but also it helps me understand how to respond to things now. You know, just the more you get to know someone, then it helps me navigate 
how I say things and how I do things. Yeah, I think that is the that's the ultimate goal with doing your own personal work. And so many of you may be familiar with this language we're using, like inner child, and some of you may be new to this world altogether. And basically what we're talking about is going back uh, to some of our early experiences and imprints, what Tyler reference is doing a timeline. And timeline is something typically we do individually where we utilize and draw pictures and art and we'll map out certain areas of our life where we experience adversity or where we experience beauty. And then it's we underestimate the power of of how that imprints the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. And then when you share that with the partner, Vanessa and I did that in October last year, where we shared each other's timeline with one another. And it was, and I thought there's not much about this woman I don't know uh, <laughs> until we did that. And it's like, wow. And there's something about it. And I think you said it, Haley, you, you can't walk away from an experience like that without having more empathy mm-hmm. for the other person and more empathy on yourself which I think that's what I like about the idea of spending untethered time uh, really getting to know each other from the inside out because it does more than, for instance, something trending now is kind of personality types, which is really valuable. It's like, here's your type, whether you're using the Enneagram or uh, some of the others. Uh, But we're more than a type at the end of the day. And we are a human being who's had a lot of experiences. And when we can share our experiences, even the ones that we don't think are of value, then we get empathy in real time I know you've both done some individual work too, outside of onsite, and then you've done some at onsite. And what was that like? I know we've been talking mostly about the marriage and about couples work, but what was it like to be on your kind of your personal path? I mean, for me, it was incredible. I just, uh, I don't know. I got so much out of being kind of in a group setting and, and learning from everybody else's stories. It's just amazing how you can relate and learn from everybody's situation and story. And somehow you're like, Oh yeah, I've been there. I've kind of went through that or I've experienced those feelings or emotions or, and then being able to be a part of their story. And a lot of the experiences that happen there is just so, uh, I don't know. It's just very eye opening. And the way that y'all set that up and the way that those, just the expertise of the, of the therapist, man, the way that they can somehow, puts you in someone else's shoes and, and you can see it through a different lens and different perspective. It's just, uh, it's pretty incredible. So I just took away a lot from that week and the way that, I mean, even from a small, you know, the smallest thing, like not having your technology for a week and the way that community is formed and what is it? Six days. I think the program is five or six mm-hmm. days. And by the end of it, I remember sitting around a fire and the whole community was like, man, I wish that this could just be how we live life. And this was our community and we could just stay here forever because we were so connected and we knew each other so well in such a quick amount of time. We weren't distracted. There was no comparison. Nobody knew. Uh, there was, there was uh, whatever the word is, but we didn't talk about our careers or who we were or mm. sorry, what we were. We'd only talk about who we were. Mm. And it was really that alone was just so freeing, especially for me. And so I just really enjoyed that week of work, but also freedom, you know, just being who I was and not having to compare to anybody else or, and just knowing other people for what they were as well was really cool. And just diving in on who they were as a person. So that, I know that's a little bit of just the surface of what happens, Mm -hmm. but man, it was just, uh, I miss that so much. I can't wait to, go back and do, and do it again. So there are a lot of people who have public professions that come through the living centered program. And so people it's, 
it adds another layer of uh, nuance when people actually know you by what you do. But right. did you feel uh, in that process that people really respected that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was almost, uh, it was definitely humbling because I'm like, do these people not know who I am? Like in a way, in, <laughs> yeah. in a way, you know, I mean, some people definitely didn't. And then some people kind of did, but I could, I couldn't really tell, you know, and at the end of it, when we were allowed to talk about it, you know, a lot of people came up and said, I just want to tell you that I just love what you do. And, uh, you know, so then my ego was, was feeling a little bit better, but, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was just really cool. It was seriously so freeing and everybody respected it so much. And, but then it was fun to, to kind of open that up and say, Hey guys, I know y'all love me for who I am, but, and not what I am, but you know, this is what I do. And people thought it was cool. And some people still didn't know Florida, Georgia, who, you know, and that was, <laughs> that was awesome. But that just goes to show the diversity that's at site and just the, uh, the things you can take and learn from, from people from all over the world and all different past. And it was fun. Well, I'm glad you shared that. Cause I think that's a, that's a little bit of, it's, it surprises me in some ways and it doesn't cause I've been around it long enough that when community is curated in a way where it can be rooted in empathy and it can be wrapped in grace, then the human spirit can do what it does best, mm. which is just respect each other and love one another and support each other in growth. And I've seen that happen time and time again, but everybody when they're coming in has that same fear, whether you have a public profession or not, it's just like, is it okay to share this with this group, given the right environment, people can live into their truth and it be respected. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. You're, I know you've done some personal work too, Haley, and I'm hoping at some point um, you'd, you'd have an opportunity to do the Living Center program. But how has that benefited you, your own personal path in terms of just doing self-care and, and therapy? I think it's helped me just step into who I am more and just step into to who I'm supposed to be and be comfortable with that and not be ashamed of it. Mm. And just realize that this is who I am and just be proud of it. Because I think so oftentimes I, I would just kind of be embarrassed about certain things in my life. And, and it's like, no, this is who I am. And, and I think that really helped me in a way. I feel like every day it helps me more and I'll look back and, and realize, oh my gosh, I learned that at onsite. Mm. And it's almost like something that you, you learn more afterwards you learn a lot it's like a lot at once and then you leave kind of just reflecting on it and I mean I'll talk to my mom now and she she went two years ago and she'll just remember different things that she's picking up and anyways I don't know where I was going with that well who answer answer this question it, it, I'd love to hear this from both of you uh, because again advocates for doing your own work and the way you share this in community but you just said something who am I and I would just ask you to finish that sentence who am I or I am I am a strong woman of God and I'm kind and a great friend and I'm a great wife and mother to my kids and I love people. Hmm. That's good. True. How about you ask me to do it next, aren't you? Oh no, yeah. All right. <laughs> I would say that I am honest. I'd say I'm pretty vulnerable. I think I wear my heart on my sleeve. I think I'm a pretty, uh, strong willed, determined lover. 
I think I am. I love God. I love my wife. I love my family. I love my friends. I love my animals. I think I am uh, joyful and playful. I love mm-hmm. to play. I think I'm still a kid at heart for sure. I can also be pretty firm, business-minded, entrepreneur. I think that about sums it up. Well, I just, again, I wish that's the way our bios read, uh, when we can really speak from a connected, heartfelt place and talk about what it is we're proud of. That got the generation before us um, overcooked that a little bit when they would say that was self-promotion, and it's actually not. When we dial in and know who we are and can speak from that place, I think we're more likely to live into it. And I, it's true. I mean, I, everything both of you just said about who I know you to be, I believe it. And I believe you're able to reflect it so clearly and beautifully uh, because of the work that you've done. And that would be the hope for anybody that's listening to this podcast is that if I were to say, who are you? That somebody could as clearly Haley is what you did or Tyler say, I am this, a powerful, strong woman who is kind and loving and a good husband. I mean, how now are we perfect? Absolutely not. Could we improve in all those areas? Sure. Uh, but that's something we know to be true about us. And I think we know to be a true because we're willing to work on it, which I think is a beautiful thing. I love both you guys. And I thank you for giving us some of your time. I just honestly, that's all we want this to be is a peek into the reality of who we are and who we're trying to become. And and I want to ask this question at the very end. And I could have asked it at the beginning and we could have spent the whole time talking about it. And you wove it in as I, as I knew you would, because I've just respected how outspoken you both are about it. But somehow you make it feel inclusive. Uh, and I'm talking about faith. Both of you talk about your faith a lot uh, publicly, uh, and uh, I, at OnSite, we have uh, people of all kinds that come in uh, that have different faiths and come from different parts of the world, and you have those people around you too. I'm sure you have those people around you. How is it that you can be so firm in your beliefs, lean so much into your faith, be outspoken about it, but also have this inclusive feel of not trying to push anybody where you think they need to go, but just love people? It's almost, I guess what I'm saying is I think you guys do more than talk about it. You live into it. But what is your faith meant to the both of you? Hmm. I'm looking at you this time. I'm looking at you. Um (laughs) You know, I think it's just a big part of of who we are in our in our daily walk and our life, and and I don't think we intentionally talk about it a lot, but I think it's just whatever we're passionate about, that's what we talk about. You know, whatever we love, that's what we talk about. And we both love Jesus, and we both feel like He's a huge part of who we are and and who we want to be. And so it's just just like I'm passionate about dirt bikes. I'm passionate about Jesus. I'm passionate about music. I'm passionate about my wife. You're going to hear me talking about those things. And so I think, although I would, I would hope, and I wish I, you know, it's thank you for saying that we don't push it on people because I wish everyone could experience if they haven't, you know, God's love for all of us and the way that the freedom in that and the joy that comes with that and just the grace that he has for us and just all the stuff. And I've, and I've definitely had my own journey of ups and downs and, feeling close to God and not so close. And, um, but man, there's just, there's nothing better in my life, you know, personally than that. And, uh, and I've felt it and I know it's real. And so when it comes to talking about our faith, I think it's just a part of, of our daily life and who we are. And it's just hard not to, not to talk about it. And I don't think we ever want to be seclusive. I, I don't think no matter what you believe or who you are, if you don't believe in anything, mm-hmm. I think we, it doesn't matter to us. We, we just, 
we still want to love you and we want to be ourselves. We don't want to change around anybody. So mm. I think that's probably why it's, it feels pretty inclusive. You know, I think we are inclusive. Mm. Mm-hmm. Something I'm learning more and more in life is just how, you know, Jesus loved everybody. And so I think that's probably the best thing that we could do Mm. as Christians and as people that love Jesus is just to walk like he walked and we're going to mess up. We're human and, but just know that and keep going. Mm. I think I'm even to piggyback off what she just said. I'm reading this book by Judah Smith called Jesus is, and it's been really eye opening where Jesus loved everybody, but the but the people he was drawn to were the were the people that were hurt, lost, mm. um, the sinners, the you know, the people that we in this culture would probably worry about our reputation if we were hanging out with them. And that was the people he was drawn to and he came to hang out with. Mm. So I think I've been trying to learn that hey, no matter who you are, what walk of life, what you look like, what you're going through, like especially if you're different than me, I want to hang out. You know what I mean? Or I mm. want to try to try to channel that energy. And and again, I, I live in the emotional health side of, of life, but I really think uh, the more I'm learning about my faith and spiritual health is that you can't separate those two. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to live into it so that people can feel it and see it and practically use it, uh, then it requires us cleaning out our closet and looking at the part that we may be carrying that keeps us from just from taking it from knowing to being and to living. And that's what I like about, and these, we don't look when we're together, um, we laugh as much as we talk about deep, serious stuff. We don't always spend our time in, in the deep end, but we don't shy away from it. I can tell you this, this feels very familiar to a dinner conversation we might have. Oh, yeah. How's parenting feeling? How's your stress? How you doing? Yeah. And we don't shy away from those conversations. And I hope it's an invitation that you don't have to either. You can build community that feels as good as this feels like to me. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to share a little bit of it with you all today. I know you guys are... Um, crazy busy, uh, headed out of town later tonight, I'm sure. And you took time uh, out of a busy day to come share with people on, I think the people that are going to be listening are people in pursuit of a better self. Uh, and they hope to live centered. And you guys are not shy about talking about your pursuit in that spiritually, emotionally, physically. And so I thank you for the way you live. I thank you for how you show up. But I think most importantly, the fact that you care enough, not just to keep it here, but you share it. You're external. If you want to share what you've gained and hopefully inspire other people to do the same. And I really value that with both of you. And I thank you for being a part of today. Well, thanks for having us, Miles. I don't tell you this enough, but man, you're incredible. Your wisdom and insight is beyond anybody I've ever met and what you guys have created at OnSite has truly changed our life for the better and continues to change everybody's life that goes there. So we love you like a family member and Vanessa and uh, just really, we're really thankful for you guys in our life and thankful for OnSite and honestly just excited and thankful for this conversation, man. This has been a lot of fun and it was probably the highlight of our day I would definitely say that definitely so anyways love you man thank, thank you, you. Miles. we love you yeah I <laughs> love you guys if you want to learn more about OnSite and our various in-person online and digital offerings please go to onsiteworkshops.com at OnSite we have seen that enhancing emotional health changes lives and helps us collectively create a more empathetic and more self-aware world Our unique and proven therapeutic framework and healing hospitality can help you find the emotional wellness you deserve. When our emotional health is suffering, many of us begin to feel alone and overwhelmed. 
If you're in that place right now, we deeply encourage you to ask for help. If OnSite can support you in connecting the dots with one of our programs or other offerings, our admissions team would love to connect with you. Simply call 1-800-341-7432 or visit onsiteworkshops.com.